have your Bibles today, turn to Numbers chapter 13. I want to I speak to you for just a little bit this morning on who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? I don't know about you, but, but um, when I was young, and some of you know this story, but when I, was a, when I was a teenager, about 15, 16 years old, I happened to be walking through our, our youth building at the church that we were attending during that time, and behind the stage there, and I heard voices. It was dark. It was after a Wednesday night service, and, and I stopped, and as I stopped, I heard people talking, and I heard my name, and I recognized the voice, and the voice uh, that was saying my name was my pastor at the time. And this is, this is the words that I heard 45 years ago. Phil Daniels will never amount to anything in ministry. Now, I lived in a household where my dad and mom were proud of me. They told us they always built us up and everything else. But that, that phrase that I heard my pastor say when I was 15, 16 years old, I carried that with me for probably 35 years. I could hear it. Every time, every time something would, the attendance would dip a little bit at GNU, every time the finances would dip a little bit, I would hear that voice in the back of my mind. Phil Daniels is never going to amount to anything in the ministry. Phil Daniels is never going to amount to anything in the ministry. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe you've never had that experience. Maybe you've never had any issue with, with things net being negatively spoken over you or about you. But I would venture to say that 99% of the people in this room have had someone say something negative about them at some point in their life. And I want to ask you a question this morning. The question is the title of this message. Who are you listening to? In Numbers chapter 13, there's the story of the Israelites. They've, 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 been, they've come out of Egypt. They're at the, the, the edge of the promised land. And Moses sends men to explore the land of Canaan. God tells him to do that. He said, I've given you this land. I want you to send some men in to explore the land. Further on down, Moses sends them in. They go up and they, and they check out where the what the towns are like, what kind of land are the people living in, are they strong, are they weak, are they few, are they many, are they, is it a good land, is it a bad land, are the cities walled, are they fortified, all of these questions he's asking, you go and check this out, and they came back in verse 27 and said this, they gave Moses this account, we went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey, here is its fruit, but verse 28 starts with a very important word, but, but, the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and are very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak are the giants. Um, Goliath. David and Goliath. Goliath is, is some of the descendants of that. Verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Verse 31, though. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. They're spread out, they're, we are, and they, are, they, they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there. Now notice the word all. How many, how many of you understand that when someone speaks a negative report, it's an all-inclusive report. They bring things into it that have nothing to do with anything. All the people. They said at one point, we saw the sons of Anak. We saw the giants. But now they brought in what? Everybody are big. Everybody in this land is big. We can't do this. <clears throat> All the people we saw there are great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same 
to them. Two reports. A negative report. We can't attack. They're bigger. They're stronger. The cities are walled. They're fortresses. They're giants. But here's the real deal with this report. We are as grasshoppers in their sight. But that's not the big deal. They said we're also grasshoppers in our own sight as well. We are grasshoppers in our own sight as well as theirs. Those ten men spread a negative report to the children of Israel, and it cost over a million people's interest into the promised land. The positive report, Caleb, Joshua comes, they said, no, we can do this. We, we should go in and take possession of it, for we can certainly do it. Joshua and Caleb were speaking based on a promise that God had said. I want you to pay particular attention to verse 2 in chapter 13. He said, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. God is giving them the land. He said, I want you to send them in there. I'm giving you the land. Just go and take a look at it so you know what you're going to be coming up against. Just, I'm giving it to you. It belongs, it's going to belong to you. But what we see in the Bible is this pattern over and over and over again. People who fail to believe God at his word fail to receive the promises of God. They fail to receive the blessings of God. They fail to receive the victory in God and through God. All of these results started with a thought. All of these results started with a thought. Every one of these individuals, if the, if the ten would have come back and said, they're big guys in there, but God's promised it to us, we should go do it. If they had joined Joshua and Caleb, then more than a million more people would have entered the promised land. But because they sowed a thought of doubt in the seeds, in, in the minds of the Israelites, they began to complain. They began to, to, to uh, become discouraged. We'll look at that in just a minute. But again and again, we see this. All these results, in, they started with a thought, they, a thought of defeat, a thought of loss, a thought of failure. And of course, once your thoughts are polluted, they just begin to pour out of us as self-fulfilling prophecies. We begin to repeat those kind of things. We begin to talk about them. What did we see happen here? Those ten came back and said, that the land devours its inhabitants. They're all big people. And the whole company of Israel began to believe that and go, they began to regurgitate that same word. We can't do this. We got to go back to Egypt. We need to, we need to choose another leader and go back to Egypt. We're going to die here. You say, well, that's Israel. That's, that's thousands of years ago. But yet I would venture to say that any one of us in this room that have had a negative report spoken to us or over us, we have entertained those thoughts and come up with the same self-fulfilling prophecies in our own life. Because we've been to doubt our abilities. Even though God has given us this promise, even though God has told us these things, we begin to doubt those when someone comes and says something contrary to what we believe God has told us. We begin to doubt our own words. We begin to doubt our own thoughts. We begin to doubt what God's word says. And here's what, I, here's what I've learned down through the years. Words that are in opposition to God's word are easier for people to believe. We put way more stock in human beings than we do in our creator. Because we hear their voice. We see them face to face. We've heard their words. They echo around in our ears, between our ears. They echo in our minds and we play them over and over and over as videos in our minds over and over and over. And the final result is that people act upon what they hear, what they believe and what they say. The, de the children of Israel went around and around the desert for 40 years. For 40 years, Israel went around and around and around in the desert because they failed to believe the promise God had made to them. 
And I think most of us in this room do the same thing on a regular basis, only we're just not willing to admit it sometimes. The main point, God is giving the land of Canaan to the children of Israel. And because of a negative report, a million of them failed to possess their inheritance. Now, here's what I want you to understand this morning, church. That which God gives to you, no man can take it away unless you are the man who is not convinced God is able to perform it. The only way you will not hold your inheritance, the only way you will not hold the promises of God is if you choose not to believe it. You say, well, I've had this happen to me and I've had that happen to me. It has nothing to do with anything. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. God has spoken certain things over each and every one of us here. But this is what was said. I get it. Numbers 13, though, is not just about what you hear. It's about what you choose to believe. There were two reports. There were two reports. One affirming the natural circumstances. These people are big. The cities are walled and all this kind of stuff. And one affirming the promise and the power of God. We can do this. And the response in Numbers 14, verse 1, tells us what the people chose to believe. Listen to this. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taking us plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. The negative report was easier to believe than the positive one. Now, this is, these are the people, these are the very people that watched God do sign after sign, miracle after miracle after miracle to allow their deliverance from Egypt. They have watched things happen as they've crossed the, they were at the Red Sea with the whole Egyptian army barreling down on them, and this cloud separated them. This pillar of fire at night separated them. They didn't have a map to get to where they were going, but they, everywhere they went through the, from, from Egypt to the promised land, there was this cloud by day and fire by night that helped them walk and illuminated their path. They witnessed this. And now they're standing on the brink of their inheritance, and because 10 guys said, these people are big and they're going to kill us, we're like grasshoppers on our own sight, and so I know they, we, they see us as grasshoppers. But what was really going on inside the promised land was that the people in that land had already heard about the mighty works of God in their deliverance from Egypt. How God destroyed the Egyptian army in the Red Sea. The people inside the promised land were scared to death. They weren't, they weren't looking at Israel like grasshoppers. They were recognizing the fact that we're not going to be able to stand against these people. But Israel defeated themselves because they let a negative report be spoken over them and they chose to believe the negative over the promise of God. The negative report was easier to believe than the, prom- than the positive one. So we have God talk and we have self-talk. God talk is the promises of God. That's exactly what it is. Self-talk, though, is, is something that's instituted by the enemy, by Satan, by putting thoughts in our minds. Thoughts like, I can't. I don't know how. I don't have time. I'm afraid. I can't afford to. Or I'm all alone. 
or I'm worthless, I'm ugly. I'm never going to be able to do anything. I'm never going to be able to be this. And, and, and here's the thing is, the self-talk may not be generated by you. It may be in, in my life the self-talk started with a person of authority in my life, spoke something about me that I wasn't even supposed to hear, but I just happened to be walking through that youth room that night and heard it. And it was a play. It was, it was on, it was on the, the, uh, the loop kind of a deal. It just played over and over and over and over. It's why my work ethic is so out of whack. I'm a workaholic. Because you work harder, you work harder, you work harder because you want to make sure that you're doing everything that you can possibly do to be a success and to be the person that God wants you to be and the person that your family needs to be and the person that your church expects you to be. So you work and you work and you work and you work and you do all these kind of things to somehow silence the voice that you're never going to amount to anything. You believe the lie. You believe the lie. But here's what I'm telling you this morning. That Satan is named the accuser of the brethren. He is called the father of lies. And his biggest weapon is to deceive you. Every day we get reports from the news. We have our experiences, our friends, our family, many other sources. We also get reports from the word of God, which often sometimes contradicts what others are saying about us and to us. Look, I'm going to tell you straight up. If you watch the news all the time, you're going to get mad. You're going to get If you watch it five minutes, you're going to get mad. You know, and you got to know what's going on in the world. I understand that, but I'm telling you, I'm speaking to you, hopefully, in a spiritual authority this morning. You need to curtail what you're listening to and how much you're listening to it. Because the problem with that is this. Yes, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Yes, it ain't going to get any better according to the word of God. But yes, those of us who know Jesus Christ, we live in the palm of his hand. And there is a heaven that we're going to see one day if we'll be faithful. But you can't do it by getting your eyes on all the negativity that's going on in our world. Live in Hallmark if you have to. Whatever you got to do, do it. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, do it. When we get these reports from the outside and we get these reports from the Word of God, that's when we have a choice. Do we believe what we hear in the natural or do we, re do we believe the report of the Lord? See, our only defense against the lies of the enemy is knowing who we are in Christ and what the Word of God says about us. And the question is, whose voice are we going to listen to? Whose voice are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to the negative report that says it's impossible? Are we going to listen to the positive report in the book of Luke that says all things are possible? Are we going to listen to the negative report that says I'm just too tired? Or the positive report of God's Word in Matthew 11 that says I'll give you rest? The negative report that says nobody really loves you, but John 3.16 said God really, really loves you. The negative report that says you can't go on this way. But Paul said, God said through Paul in 2 Corinthians, that my grace is sufficient for you. When you're weakest, I'm strongest in you. When the negative report says you can't figure it out, Proverbs tells us that God will direct our steps. When the negative report says you can't do it, Philippians tells us that we can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. When the negative report says you're not able to accomplish these things, 2 Corinthians tells us that God is able to accomplish exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think in him. The negative report, negative report says it's not worth it, but Romans tells us that it's all going to be worth it all. Negative report, you can't forgive yourself, but 1 John 1 says that God will. Negative report, you can't manage it, 
Philippians 4 says that God supplies all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. The negative report, you should be afraid, but 2 Timothy says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Oh, you're worried, you're frustrated, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just all up, up in the air, I'm all tensed up about different things. But First Peter says that we're to cast all of our care on him because he cares for us. But I'm not smart enough, Phil. That's a negative report. God says if you lack wisdom, he has it for you. The negative report says I'm all alone. But Hebrews says that God will never leave us by ourselves. The negative report, Satan wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. But Isaiah 54, 17 says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Look, let me tell you something this morning. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. You wonder who you came from and where you are. I'm an orphan, Phil. No, you're not an orphan. You're a child of the Most High God. But I'm ugly and I'm not, I don't look as pretty as other people. I'm not as handsome as other people. But yet you are still the image of God. God created you in the image of him. You're redeemed, you're forgiven, you're restored. I am an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are somebody, you're not a nobody. You are somebody enough that God sent his son to die for you because of his love for you. He's done these things, this is what he's speaking over you. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. And yes, I may be under stress sometimes and I may be hard pressed, but here's the deal. I am not crushed. I may be perplexed, but I am not in despair. I may be persecuted, but I am never abandoned. I might get knocked down, but I am never knocked out. And I am certainly not destroyed. Here's the question this morning. Whose report do you believe? Whose report do you believe? Let's stand all over the room. I want to ask the worship team to come. We always have to let our God talk be louder than our self-talk. The easy thing to do is believe the negative. Especially when it comes from people that are in authority over us. People that we look up to and respect. If they speak something negatively over us, it's real, real easy for us to go, well, they're more spiritual than me, so they must be right. They must be right. But I'm telling you, church, this morning that if Israel had listened to Joshua and Caleb, they were speaking the promises of God. And, it, and they would have went in and they would have possessed the land. Instead, it took 40 years and the death of over a million people before they could enter. Whose report are you going to believe? Job chapter 22, verse 2 says this. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. What does that mean, Phil? That means, that means it's time to declare some stuff. It's time to declare some stuff. So what are we going to declare this morning? We're going to declare that no weapon formed against you or your family in any way shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment shall be condemned because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I declare that over you this morning. If a man gives you a report which is contrary to the word of God, then here's what I'm telling you. Let, every, let God be true and every man a liar. Psalms 1 tells us that blessed are those who do not follow the advice of the ungodly, but delight in the law of the Lord. A couple weeks ago, Brandon Kirsten was teaching over in, in uh, student ministry service on Wednesday night. And I listened to it uh, last week.
And he said this. He said, he said, we need to realize that the gospel is true. When we realize, we have a realization of the gospel message, then it releases a joyful response in our life. Realization releases response. Some of you came into this room this morning, you've come into this house today, and you came in, and all you hear in your mind is a negative report. All you hear is the things that people have spoken against you. All you hear in your mind to the point where you believe it with your whole heart. You believe that negative report. You believe that you're useless. You believe that you're nothing. You believe you're not going to amount to anything. You believe that you're unworthy. You believe that you haven't been forgiven. You believe that your lot in life is where you are right now, that you're never going to have peace and you're never going to have happiness and you're never going to have contentment. You believe that you're alone. You believe that you can't do what God's placed in your heart to do because someone has said something to you. Or maybe the enemy whispered it in your mind and you went, you know, that's right. But I've given you promise after promise after promise after promise this morning from God's word. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to declare this morning, let God be true and every man a liar? Are you going to declare this morning over your own life and over your own mind? That no weapon formed against me shall prosper and no word that's lifted up against me will stand in judgment over me. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Are you going to declare this morning that I stand and choose to believe the promises of God in my life and over my life and over my family? Are you going to use the negative report? It's up to you. It's up to you. Abraham was convinced that what God promised he was also able to perform. How about you? Are you convinced? Because you got to be convinced. You got to be convinced that God's word is stronger than the opinion of other people. You got to be convinced that God's word is just that, God's word. And that God, the creator of the universe, the one that knit you together and formed you in your mother's womb, the one that said you're fearfully and wonderfully made, the one that said you are my image child, the one that said I have a destiny that's instilled inside of you to do great things for me and great things for the kingdom. You have to decide if that's the voice you're going to listen to or you're going to listen to the voices of individuals that have spoken over you negative comments and negative words that are not of God. All I can do is put the promises out and ask you the question. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? Again, that which God gives you, no man can take it away unless you are the man who is not convinced God is able. You got to be convinced. Well, I feel convinced right now, Phil. Good. It's easy when there's a few hundred of us in here. Woohoo! And oh, 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 God, yes. But you're going to leave this building in a few minutes. And it's going to hit the fan again. 
And the voices and the words are going to be starting being spoken over you. You may, you may be sitting here this morning going, right now I feel like I could conquer the world, but i got to go see my boss in the morning. And he's constantly telling me how, how sorry I am. Or maybe you've got to go home to an unsafe spouse and they're, they're not too supportive of your Christian existence. Or maybe you've got children that speak things over your life. And you hear those things over and over and over and you know you've done the very best that you can. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to listen to? I am not who Satan says I am. I am not who other people say I am. I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. I am who, if you're here this morning and you've been listening and you've been buying into the negativity and the negative thoughts, I want you to step out and declare you over your life this morning. If that's you today, if God's speaking to your heart, if you're one of those that you believe the lie, step out right now in Jesus' name and find you a place across the front of this building. There's more than one, I know. Come on. You're not what people have said to you. You're not what your, your ex-spouse has said. You're not what your children have said. You're not what your boss has said. You're not what the abuser said to you. You're not who Satan says you are. You are who God says that you are. Come on, there's going to be more people. Come on. There's a lot of people God's speaking to in this house this morning. I declare no weapon formed against you shall prosper this morning. No weapon formed shall prosper over you. No weapon formed. Come on, sing it. 